welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, the weekly show for nomads, work campers, RVers, and entrepreneurs looking to earn a living or build a business while enjoying the RV lifestyle. This week's host is Rose Willard. Let's settle in and enjoy the RV Entrepreneur Podcast brought to you by RV Life. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Rose Willard, your host this week. I think it's safe to say that the majority of you all will need reliable internet while working and living full-time in your RV. So today, I'm bringing you Jess Jorgensen, a full-time RVer and the founder of Go Roam Tech. Her company helps solve the huge problem about getting reliable internet on the road. They've put packages together that allows at-home internet speeds truly from anywhere. She also has some great tips for people with less connectivity needs. It's not cheap, but if your job depends on it, it's not out of reach either. I was surprised at how affordable it is. Groomed into corporate IT from telecom, Jess has helped large enterprises improve communication, security, and overall quality of life for their staff through technology. She is now applying those skills to helping other RVers live a life of liberty by exploring while connected and truly working from anywhere. In this episode, we dive into her solution for internet on the road, 5G and LTE connectivity, and Starlink, so there's something to learn for everyone. If you're going to work from the road, internet connectivity is super important, so you'll want to check this out. With that, let's jump into the interview with Jess. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really looking forward to this conversation. The pleasure is mine. Thank you. Yeah, this topic of connectivity while working from one's RV is such a big one, and it can be very stressful, you know. We always see the questions on all the RV Facebook groups and forums about, you know, what do you use for internet on the road? I need something stable and reliable. And people make suggestions and, you know, you try and piece things together, but it's not perfect. So I I just, I can't wait to hear what you guys have created. But uh, before we get into this, Jess, please tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I am a tech nerd, a lifelong tech nerd, which I say with with a huge smile on my face because <laughs> it is a high compliment. It has uh, been a great blessing in my life to have a mind that works in that manner. So I am, like I said, a career tech nerd, grew up in the telecom industry. Like I started answering phones for my dad, who was a technology company owner when I was like 12. (laughs) And I could, like once the adolescence twinge dropped out of my voice, I was on the phones, I was helping people. Uh, So here's the thing about the reason I've always stayed in tech is I love to help people. Mm -hmm. And there are ways that I can do that through technology in quality of life. So my career as a tech nerd really started at at infancy, let's call it. However, Mm -hmm. as I grew my own family, my husband and I now have seven adult children who are living their own lives (laughs) out Mm -hmm. into the world. Right. And being a technology nerd allowed me before anybody really even knew what we were doing to work from the football field, right? To work while I was sitting in the parking lot at Girl Scouts, like a literal anywhere kind of scenario. And that's the advantage I think we got kind of growing up in that tech space was that I didn't have to choose being an exceptional mother over being an exceptional businesswoman. I got to do both based on technology. So it's always Mm -hmm. been my drive to bring other folks, that kind of technology that really improves the quality of their life. Because otherwise, what do we need it for? So right, right. that's it. So, so that's <laughs> evolved into bringing it to travelers because that's what I wanted to do. Now that the kids are all grown, I'm looking at my poor husband after you know our 
now 19 year old moved out of the house and I was like, um, I'm bored. I'm yeah. bored. I'm like we need, <laughs> we need to do Good something and go somewhere. <laughs> and thankfully he was, uh, you know, uh, gracious enough to be like, okay, well maybe let's, let's do a proof of concept to mm-hmm. see if we could really be on the road for a very long time. So we did six months in 2021 after his mm-hmm. office had been closed through uh, pandemic things. Mm-hmm. And we came back from that and went, okay, we can do it, but we need a b- different rig. So then we bought a bigger rig and now we're out traveling. We've been on the road for almost a year now, full time. Wow. And you sold everything to do this, basically? Yeah. Well, we kept our home as a rental because in Good Phoenix, idea. Arizona, which is where our home is, like yeah. that's what was well needed in that time. So it's kind of nice. Plus, I thought, you know what? Selling it seems kind of permanent. What if I like yeah. don't like it? I didn't think I would, but yeah. I was also kind of scared, you know? <laughs> yeah, we did that. We sold everything. And I can, looking back on it, I wish we could have kept the house as a rental, but it was it was really, it was huge. It was our dream home. But we just decided, you know, a- after the pandemic shut our business down for two months and everything, we decided we needed to kind of a reset, start over. We needed to simplify downsize all that so we just we sold it but in general if you have a small home I like I really feel like that's a good thing to keep you know if you can manage it rent it and I don't think like our house is the big house we raised those kids in right so Mm -hmm. I don't see us ever living in it again no but it certainly has helped pay the bills for traveling expenses with the cost of fuel prices so (laughs) know about that yep oh my gosh freaking diesel anyway (laughs) oh I know we have a diesel truck so Towards the end of our travels, coming back, oh gosh, that was a, so expensive, but um, as part of it. So yeah, you guys became nomads and you've been traveling. Do you both work separate jobs, like need your own office space? Yep. Like, how does that work? What is you have a fifth wheel? Can you go into that a little bit more? Yeah, and 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 that's a great that's a great reason like why we chose this. So when we did our proof mm-hmm. of concept trip to bake out the tech and our ability to be in close quarters for a long amount of time, right? We were in a twenty three foot travel trailer toy hauler. We're off roaders, yeah. so we take our Can Am Maverick with us everywhere we go oh, and perfect. explore the nature in every opportunity. And what that yeah. affords us in and now we have a, a large fifth wheel. I think it's about as big as they get, like 43 feet or some nonsense. It's huge. Holy moly. Yeah. Right? What that affords us in exchange for being able to go to national parks, because, you know, there's limitations on sizes. Yes, but there is. The garage that we put the Can-Am in while we travel also serves as my husband's office. So we both mm-hmm. work. Uh, my husband is the vice president of a telecom company. He's okay. on Microsoft Teams, like, I don't know, 10 hours a day. It's, it's oh, quite geez. ridiculous. Like, he needs yeah. that space. And the reason we chose this particular floor plan with the separation of the garage is that's his office. So we park, we pull the Can-Am out, he sets up his command center, he's got three monitors and everything he needs to do his job really well there. And then we've got this glass door that separates us from sound. And I created my desk in our living space. We had one of those like super couches that seats like six or seven people in the slide. So we took it out, got a smaller couch for just, it's just him and I and the dogs. We don't need like a six person couch. And then I put in a stand-up sit-down desk in the slide. So my office area is here like in the central living area nice. of our fifth wheel. So I act as an IT consultant. I own two businesses. Um, one of mm. them is that as an IT consultant. So I have that. And then obviously the Go Roam tech that I started to support other folks that want to do what I'm doing. So we do we both work all day. I primarily work on Zooms. I also host a lot of events for an entrepreneurship community called Alliances. 
So I host mm-hmm. events from all over the country, depending on where we're at, that are virtual for that organization as well. So we needed really solid connections and able to yeah. do our business from the road because we are neither young enough or financially wealthy enough to just like quit working and travel. So we have to work to make this work, right? Like it has right. to work hand in hand. Right. So you've got this huge fifth wheel, this wonderful mm-hmm. setup. That's great. And do you guys, gosh, do you sit for a while? Like it sounds like you would have to just kind of sit for a little bit and then move. And I can't imagine like packing up and everything so often, you know, what do you guys do? We don't like to move more than every two weeks. That's mm-hmm. kind of our, our lush spot is rule. that two yeah. weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're right, it is a lot of effort to get the car in and out and reset up all the stuff. So every two weeks is a nice is a nice spot for us. So we love to boondock. We're pretty self sufficient. Okay. We've got. I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah, we love boondocking. So oh, we've we got you know mm-hmm. the tech that lets us do it. We've got the solar. We just up, upgraded our inverter actually, so we had a little cleaner energy for our electronics in the house because okay. we have a lot, as you can imagine. Yes, and then our generator on board and that kind of thing. So we can go. Right. With our onboard fuel and water and disposal tanks, we can go for two weeks solid without any intervention. Oh, that's perfect. That's great. Your tanks are pretty huge then? Yeah. Well, and we've got two bathrooms, right? So we're kind of cheating. That was part of the reason we bought this model because now we have two black tanks. So there's a little, you know, like it's used mostly as a storage area. There's a bathroom in the garage area. Well, you fill one tank up. Yeah. And, but if we need to, we can go back there and use that yeah. one as well. Yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. So boondocking. Yeah, we love, we did a ton of boondocking out west. That, that was our jam right there. We love that. It's so good. But you have a very big fifth wheel. Have, had you been able to find spots that work for you? Like how hard is it? I know we had, we have a 20, well, it's called a 23, but it's 28 tongue to bumper. And we could fit in most places, but there were some where it just, you know, it just wasn't going to work. So how about you guys? We, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty diligent about, you know, like using the Google Maps satellite yes, views. Yeah, mm-hmm, <laughs> totally. Look, oh, there's to another make sure RV. we can get in there. Kind of our yeah. size. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we're boondocking and looking for new sites, like we went to a new spot that we hadn't been to before in very Southern Arizona a few weeks ago. And we were anxious about it. And and this is how we get through it. We, for one, do as much research as we can. And sometimes mm-hmm. we just got to go. We always get to a site like that. We stop and we get our Can-Am out and we scout Perfect. in the Can-Am before we take the house out just okay. to make sure we know where we're going and we got a mm-hmm. spot we can get to. Mm-hmm. And then we also have always have a backup plan, right? Yes. We're always, we always look at, okay, a, B, well, this C, is a D, new spot. E. Yep. Exactly. Like this oh, is a man. new spot. We haven't checked it out before. If we get there and it's not what we want, where can we get to in like an hour or a known place that's close? Like what's our backup plan? So we talk a lot about that because I think that takes a lot of the stress out of it. If we know what each other's thresholds are for like, you know, like I'm comfortable with this, but my husband's not comfortable with that. So if that's a, if that's a deal, then we go to the next spot. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Communication is the key in that planning. For sure. When we were traveling a lot and uploading our YouTube videos every week, it was a little stressful at times trying to find a good signal where we were boondocking. Gosh, and I remember boondocking in Nevada near Great Basin National Park and trying so hard to find a signal. And we have a Wee Boost. And at the time, we had a Sprint hotspot in our Sprint phones. And Glenn, my husband, had like a couple bars like on his phone when he went up a little bit higher. And so we're like, okay, we'll take the truck. So we took the truck, our F-250 got up there and it wasn't quite right. So we maneuvered around, scratched up our truck with these 
juniper bushes. And we still couldn't get enough signal to upload our YouTube videos. So we ended up driving to a visitor center at Great Basin and sat in the parking lot for a bit to upload. It was great, you know, there. Mm -hmm. But once you guys are all set up, your internet with what you have, is it just like you're in a city? Is it seamless? Like, (laughs) how do you do it? (laughs) It's as close to seamless as we can get. And here's the thing. I like your plan, right? We've done that too. When we, we did our proof of concept trip, we found ourselves working from a city park for like almost a week. Every day we would get up <laughs> because we we mm-hmm. just couldn't find what we needed. And the reality yeah. is that because having internet is integral to our ability to travel, it is our highest priority. So what we do today um, and uploads of videos, that is, that is rough. Yeah. That's the hardest thing. Okay, so there's a couple things about a network. Mm-hmm. For one... So uh, just for full disclosure, we use a combination of Starlink, Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T. It depends on where we're at and who works best, okay? True. In that particular area, because it's different based on where Mm -hmm. you happen to be traveling to. So we use all of those. We started as only um, using an LTE service, Mm -hmm. like the Verizon and T-Mobile, blended through our gear to make it the best, most usable signal. And we still couldn't get videos to upload. So I had a, um, we were in Oklahoma and I had a video to upload to, you know, YouTube or Facebook. I I don't remember which one it was. And it Mm -hmm. was literally like a 37 second clip. Like it was just a quick little thing. I was like, hey, you know, it took 48 minutes to upload. And I said, no, like I can't Mm -hmm. do this. We need a better solution. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you think about it, Starlink was the only way to improve the upload speed because LTE just isn't meant for that. It's just not. Um, It's not great upload speeds. It's not meant Mm -hmm. to be that foolproof thing. So what we do is we we have packaged some enterprise gear. So like I mentioned, my husband and I are both tech nerds. We've lived in this space and we had access to stuff that wasn't as that wasn't available in stores. And so we said, okay, with all of our knowledge (laughs) in creating (laughs) what we, you know, consider to be, you know, massively redundant and resilient and diverse networks for other businesses, like how can we make that happen in our rig? Right. Mm -hmm. So we, we tested out a bunch of different things and, and the blend is, is where it's at. Right. So we use a omnidirectional rooftop antenna that is manufactured by PepWave and we do use PepLink gear as well. They are on the market. They are fantastic. We tested a lot of really, really, really expensive things and they outperformed them. So we utilize PepLink. We're an authorized distributor. We've got all the engineering certificates. And then we Mm -hmm. used our experience to kind of create the networks that make the most sense for ourselves and our clients. So for example, we're recording this podcast on what I consider a critical connection, right? So right now, everything that I do from my laptop has been prioritized over anything my husband's doing in his office so that I okay. get the absolute best connectivity awesome. and the absolute best of what we have to offer for this nice, clear thing. I don't normally run in critical mode, but if we're doing something like this, I do. On our work network, which is what I'm normally connected to, we have automatically prioritized anything that is Microsoft Teams, anything that is Zoom, anything mm-hmm. that is Google Suite related. And the reason is because if you've ever been on a not quite fantastic (laughs) network and tried to do a Zoom call or a Teams call, like it's the first thing to show instability. Yeah. It absolutely is. It stops and there's like spinning and what's going on? Yes. Everyone's gone. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly, because voice needs the data packets to arrive in a very particular order. Otherwise, you get jitter and drops and stuff. So it's very scientific, (laughs) the reason behind the fact that it does that. And those Mm -hmm. buffering things are the applications trying to kind of get themselves back in order. So if you have a job... Or, you know, whatever it is that's dependent upon having high quality phone calls Mm -hmm. and video calls, we can really help make that better. So we both do like that's just a part of our world and not everybody needs it, but we do. So break that that you have like three different carriers like Verizon, AT&T, you have T-Mobile, is that what you said? Or Uh Uh-huh. Yep. We do Verizon, AT&T and T-Mobile and then Starlink as well. Right. And so you guys have paid for these three different services. You have them all, right? We do. You just prioritize them. Kinda. Yes. And and our software lets us prioritize them to mm-hmm. um, using Starlink as our primary is what we do now because it is truly unlimited. It's the only yeah. truly unlimited thing you'll get, but it has higher latency and it also has the highest uptime, right? They, they all have different oh, components yeah. that make them work really well. Yeah, it's so complicated. Mm, exactly. You understand. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I do. And then when you look at that, so that's our primary. And then we couple it with right here, we're on a Verizon as our secondary, but we can tell okay. our system, hey, Verizon's kind of expensive for us sometimes, depending on where yeah. we're at. We don't want to chew through all of our data in a day. So we set it up to kind of load balance and throttle based on what we're doing. So for example, if I were to initiate a Zoom call, it's going to go out probably the Verizon signal because it has the lowest latency. But then when I go to open my email, it'll use the Starlink, right? So it just depends on what application we're using and how it routes. The importance of that is that if I started a Zoom call to host one of these entrepreneurship meetings, which is a huge deal, and there'll be 100 Mm -hmm. people on that call, and I'm the host, I can't mess that up, right? If something happens to the signal that it started using, it won't mess up my call, it'll just automatically switch to the other thing. So if we're, and actually, this happened, we were in the sand dunes in California, the Imperial sand dunes, Mm -hmm. and a big dust storm came up and our our Starlink didn't like that. As you can imagine, it was like a big dusty (laughs) thing. Well, Mm -hmm. rather than kicking me off, our gear simply switched me over to our AT&T signal because we were pretty close to Mexico and that has the strongest signal right there. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we didn't even know until the next day when we saw a report that said I used like 12 gigs of AT&T data that day because the Starlink just wasn't cutting it. But it didn't affect the experience, right? It didn't affect the people that were on the other side of that Zoom call. So it all worked exactly like it's supposed to. I just don't like to stress about it. You know what I mean? Like this allows us just to go, Mm -hmm. turn it on and we're good. Right. You're good. Yeah. People who are just so reliant on that, that would be a big help to have that stress gone. Talk, talk a little bit about, I guess you kind of did with Starlink, but Mm -hmm. yeah, talk a little bit about that. I also noticed that there is now a, I guess they have the RV Starlink, but now I see there's a permanent installation. You can do it like on the roof while you're moving. Yes, I, I see. That. I think they're calling that it's like Thor twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Yikes. the thing. The RV Starlink. You know, if so, Starlink itself, uh, mm-hmm. the technology is great. The moving components exist within the satellite, which is yeah. different than other kinds of satellite based service. It's mm-hmm. also why you can't just leave it up there while you're driving around. Right, makes sense. It will Mm -hmm. break itself (laughs) trying to find the signal as you go. So for us, the combination of the LTE service that we can have regardless of where we're moving. I mean, I often Mm -hmm. work from the, you know, the navigator seat in the truck while we're while we're going down the road. Yeah. You don't have that option with Starlink. So Starlink does some really great things. And I think that if you're 
you know, a content creator, you're doing lots of uploads, mm-hmm. you don't need seamless video and phone calls. That's probably the no. way I would go to start. Yeah, honestly, yeah, the Starlink. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, as as needed, you could kind of add the other things. But the Starlink's been great. That I saw that new one. They're actually building into some of the new JCOs and Airstreams yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. as well. You can just buy it with it already in there, which I think will be very nice as well. But it's really not a big deal to me. I don't know. I don't think yeah. I would ever want it on the vehicle permanently. And this is why. We like to mm-hmm. park in the shade sometimes. True. And if yeah. you have it permanently mounted on the roof of your rig you can't and you park the in the trees, shade. Right? Yeah, exactly. Now, if we, you know, are parked in the shade, we can just like run it out into the clearing area and have it sit out there on its own. So that makes a difference. Sometimes we put a dog fence around it just to make sure people see it, you know, (laughs) depending on where we're at. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. Don't run over it. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great, great idea. Yeah. So Starlink's great for uplink. Absolutely. No, hands down. It's great for that. But we couldn't use it in our business to be the only connection we have. That's the deal. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So everyone's different. Their needs are different. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. For the true digital nomad who needs to be 100% connected, Mm -hmm. let's talk about your plans and your gear and all that stuff and the dome and talk to us all about what goes into it. Absolutely. I would love to. Okay, so there's three components, three major components to the way that mm-hmm. our gear works. The first thing is the rooftop antenna. So it's omnidirectional. Mm-hmm. Some of the WeBoost, I think, were one directional, depending on when you got yeah, it, um, that kind of WeBoost. thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, and we had a one directional antenna to begin with as well. And you know, we it was kind of cool to be like, oh, there's the <laughs> you know, there's yeah. the the tower. Let's point yeah. it that way and see it mm-hmm. like immediately come up. But right. we don't have to go through that process anymore by having the mm-hmm. omnidirectional one on the roof because it's going to pick okay. up that signal from wherever. And it's above human density level, which is a huge deal because that's something that only really 5G and a bunch of new upgrades and the entire infrastructure is going to correct, right? The amount okay. of people on mobile devices, like density is just, it is what it is. It's a big, so having, yeah. yeah, so having uh, that, you know, on top is a huge like deal. A dome. Yeah. What's a the dome. size yeah. of this dome? <laughs> It's like, it's not that big. It's like, um, okay. I'd like a salad bowl, maybe is okay. best salad to describe it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, there's, there's specific specs on my website as well. You can see the, the yes. size of it. And we also, in our videos about installing it, recommend that you mount it kind of on top of a box so that it gets above your solar panels mm-hmm. and you have the mm-hmm. ability to, you know, upgrade it in the future. You know, it just kind of depends on where you mount it. But the omnidirectional dome antenna makes a huge, huge difference mm-hmm. because of the things that it solves. What power does this run on? It's going to get its power from the router itself. So the second component is the router itself. And we have a few different varieties based on what you need. So there's our Wanderer package is a small, it's a single provider router, meaning it just has one LTE SIM card in it. Plus it has enabled Wi-Fi WAN. Wi-Fi WAN is what lets you connect to your RV Starlink or Moonstock mm-hmm. off of friends and family. Nice. Okay, so Wi-Fi mm-hmm. WAN lets you tap into other people's like Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Plus, it has one SIM card. So it's just got one modem. The failover wouldn't be automatic, but you still have the opportunity for two connections in that bundle. Mm-hmm. And that's our smallest bundle. Our next yeah. bundle, which is the Explorer model, is the same from a carrier perspective. However, it has a more powerful rooftop antenna, a seven-in-one, so you've got two modems instead Mm. of the five-in-one, and it has the highest speed router that you can get on the market today. It's a Category 20 router. It's 5G rated. It's ready to go. So 
you know, if you wanted to have, you know, one SIM user, and again, you still get that mm-hmm. Wi-Fi WAN. So that's like a faster, better experience that you can put mm-hmm. more devices on as well. If you don't mind me asking, what's the cost of this? And what's the cost of the first one? I just have no idea. what. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> you bet. Absolutely. <laughs> so the cost of the first one, our Wanderer package is $909 okay. plus tax. And we, we do custom configurations with all of our mm-hmm. clients. And mm-hmm. then we ship the equipment to them so that they have the different networks I was talking about earlier, the work right. one, a play one, and the critical one. We get all that set up for our clients and make sure they mm-hmm. get that. So that's the first package. Mm-hmm. And let me pull up the other. The Explorer bundle package is just $1,310 plus tax. Mm-hmm. Again, that's the fastest right. category 20 router. It's almost a gig throughput that's ready for wow. 5G. So that's, that's ready to go. That's a yeah. really nice one that makes a, a yeah. big difference for folks. You know, those numbers are worth something in in the tech world. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. It's not, not as bad as I thought. I mean, is there a monthly service too with all this or is that just the price? That just depends on the client. So I do offer mm-hmm. a um, Verizon only mobile broadband plan, which is amazing because it's better priority from a cell tower perspective than mm-hmm. you get on a residential plan. It's 300 gigs a month and that we sell for $95 a month. Wow, that's great. So that's out there. That's a great plan. Mm -hmm. So I have folks that use that. And then I have a lot of folks that bring their own SIM cards. You know, if you've already got a a T-Mobile plan and you can add Mm -hmm. a SIM card for 20 bucks a month, do that. Put it in our gear. I'm cool. We'll get it configured with you that way. It's good to know. Yeah. And then we're not allowed to resell Starlink in any way. So if that's an option Mm -hmm. you want, obviously you'd have to take that on on your own as well. But we'll help you get it all set up. Yeah, exactly. So it just depends on what you need, right? You can bring Mm -hmm. your own, you can buy it from us, we'll help you get it set up either way. Mm -hmm. And then our third package, which is our most popular, is our working from Rome package. And that Mm. is 1485. Plus shipping, or I mean, plus tax, shipping Mm -hmm. is included, but that is a seven in one cellular. So this is the one that allows me to have all four of those SIM cards in there. Yeah, that's what you use, right? That's that's what we use. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's got the the seven in one, you know, antenna. Um, It goes right into a transit router that has two different routers in it. um, And they're both, Mm -hmm. you know, really high speed, you get almost a gig throughput there. And it has, you know, the five gigahertz and the 2.4 Wi-Fi six to push it out to. So that's another thing to consider is you know, the transmission of the Wi-Fi, right? Like it might work really Mm -hmm. great in your rig, right? But if you want to work outside, you still need that Wi-Fi signal. So you got to look for those, those numbers to be a little high as well. Higher. And then, yeah. And then the medium and larger package, the Explorer and the working from home package also include our speed fusion tunnel, which is really that capacity to prioritize that traffic on the critical network or on the work network for teams and Zoom and all Mm -hmm. that good stuff. So, Mm -hmm. so those are the components that go into our gear. It's really, you know, it's not for everybody. And I will say that because right. it's kind of expensive if you don't want to have all that stuff up there. But man, right. it makes a huge difference if you're a traveling professional. <laughs> yeah, it makes no, the if you world seriously rely on this for your business and your life, like you, you need it, you know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you just you need that. So how hard is this to install? Like, what do you have to do to install this? Do you get someone else to do it? Can you do it yourself? Uh, all of the above, actually. So you definitely can do it yourself. That is not an issue mm-hmm. at all. Okay. We've got some tutorial videos if you want to install the antenna, you know, permanently on your roof. You also mm-hmm. don't have to do that. It does have a um like a pole mount if you wanted to instead mm. like put it on your ladder or something like that instead of permanently okay. installing it. That's totally fine too. We made some videos on installation. Um, we always talk through it with our clients. 
And some clients are like, that is not something I would ever want to do. And they hire a mobile RV tech to come install mm-hmm. it for them. Uh, mm-hmm. And that that makes a world of difference for them as well. So either and we, you know, we do talk to those technicians and make sure they help us through, you know, test and turn up the router itself, you know, depending on what kind of power you want it to have, you know, they all have different kind of some of them are, you know, it can be 110, it can be ignition power, you can wire it straight to the ignition of your vehicle. If you've got a drivable okay. RV, mm-hmm. you can definitely do that. So installation is really not very hard. It's not too big of a deal. I haven't I haven't had anybody who was like freaked out about it yet. So okay. and if they were, they hired somebody to do it. So <laughs> right, like the mobile RV tech things. Yeah, exactly. There's lots more yeah. of those folks out there in the world. Oh my gosh, um, that can do it. So yeah, this is a great time to be RVing for sure. That's lots right. of great things out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And then everything else is pretty self configurable. I mean, it's kind of like mm-hmm. when you get a, you know, you you get it, you turn it on, you plug it in, you turn it on immediately see the the new SSIDs or new networks you can connect your phone okay. or your computer to and then you're off to the races. So Wow. And then like you're yeah. always there to like, hey, I've got this problem. Like can call you and contact you and you bet. I get okay. pictures and texts from like, hey, oh, this awesome. isn't quite working right or hey, you know, I wanted to I have a client who is using this as his remote office. So he doesn't live full time in it, but Ooh. he he has an office that makes it very advantageous for him to drive to his clients. So he took a schoolie, renovated it into an office and he drives to their locations and offers them like a little break from the day in his uh, remote office and gives them a guest network as well. So, you know, if you're operating a business, yeah, Mm -hmm. and you need that kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, segregation, if you will, from a network, we can do that too. So there's a lot and we're, Mm -hmm. we are full service concierge. We give our folks access to the things if they want access to them, or we just take care of it for them. So that's all baked into the price. Perfect. Yeah, you said this gear is rugged. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? What makes it rugged versus other stuff? What's the saddest thing that broke while you were traveling? (laughs) Our (laughs) reboost. It got ripped off the top, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so the reality is that electronics and things are just not built to be yeah. shaken. You're right. You're right. And they're mm-hmm. also not built to withstand extreme weather conditions. So I say that mm-hmm. it's rugged because the gear that we use was actually meant to, it was created to put on oil rigs, like out in wow. all of the elements all the time. So right. it goes from like negative 40 uh, it's been rated to go from like negative 40 to like 180 degrees Fahrenheit or something. So it's well tested and durable, I suppose, you know, meant to be shaken and vibrated down the road. That's great. Yeah. Those it. little circuit boards just don't love it, you know? No, <laughs> don't love to I be can see why. Bounced yeah. and whatnot. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So how has living full time in your RV has it changed the way you work in any way? I mean, I know you this is your own business now, but Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely has changed the way we work. And, mm-hmm. and the reality is the way that we get to work is so much more intentional now, right? Like you, if you think yes. about, you know, the, the kind of traditional office environment, which we both have had at some points in our career, we are, you know, much more able to have that kind of balance. So I, I will also, you know, mm-hmm. put the caveat in there by saying like, we were also raising seven kids. So I don't know, yeah. you know, how much of the other time. But it's a lot, it's a lot different now in that we're slower and we're more intentional about what I want my view to be while I'm mm-hmm. working. Right. I'm still working nice. just as hard yeah. and a tremendous amount of hours. And we are putting, you know, everything we can into our businesses and our our professions because that's who we are. 
Yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. that we know how to live any other way. Mm-hmm. However, I've got these killer views and I just get to look at them while I'm working out my window. And then as soon as I take a break from a call, I can go outside uh, and take a walk and get some sunshine. I'm no longer vitamin D deficient. So that's right. cool. And, <laughs> and your stress levels come down if there yeah. was any, you know. Oh, there definitely was. It's an intentional and a much slower pace. Although we're fast paced during the day, our ability mm-hmm. to wind down from that and enjoy the nature that really fills my soul, that switch is so much easier and you don't get caught oh, up yeah. in the hustle and bustle. I mentioned we've been mooch docking. So we're very close to the city, yeah. close to our children, close to our friends. And we have been running nonstop. And I'm like, we've got another week here before we head wow. out and boondock some more. And I just can't wait. <laughs> Just, yeah, right. I, I'm so excited to get out there and be, you yeah. know, kind of in our own world because I'm so much more focused on what I need to get done and not distracted by yeah. the noise and the pull mm. of of the city and what it's like to live in that life. You know, I mean, I yeah. last week on Friday night, I sat down and went, "Man, I'm exhausted." It's the same stuff I do every week, but the pull of being in town and the travel and the drive oh, and all that stuff that's just much. makes a difference. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, good. What are your favorite places to work and explore? Oh, I really, really love the Rocky Mountains. Oh my gosh, so Mm -hmm. beautiful. We spent most of the summer on the western slope of Colorado and we explored the mountains like crazy. Loved, loved, loved that. That's probably my favorite. Every time I go into the forest, I just, it feels Mm -hmm. magical. I love it. But we also Mm -hmm. super love the deserts of Arizona, right? It's beautiful. It's so lush right now. And we get to run around and, and explore. Mm-hmm. So I would say like right now, it's it's kind of the the west, southwest area. Yeah, we haven't gone to, to the agree. northwest yeah. yet, but we love this area because, you know, once you get too far east, like we loved visiting family in Oklahoma and Kansas and Texas, but there's mm-hmm. not a lot of open land out there where you can just no. go boondock. You really have to have a reservation or know somebody to go somewhere out there. Right. Yeah. We've mooch docked in Maine, my best friend's home in uh, near Camden, like up in that area. So, and she's up kind of a mountain away from stuff. So that was great. But yeah, they don't have a, they have some boondocking. It's more Northern Maine and very small, tight spaces. Mm-hmm. So yeah, East Coast is is really tough. I mean, there's some campgrounds and stuff, but no boondocking really. And yeah, like you said, out West, there is a ton of boondocking. That's what we really enjoyed as well. So much space. And of course, like if you're in Arizona, the sun is shining all the time. Um, (laughs) Very true. uh, Yeah, we wished we had been able to get up to like northern Idaho, Montana, Wyoming. Yeah. But because of our connectivity, (laughs) um, (laughs) so we had Sprint and that just was not very prevalent out west at the time. Yeah, that is very true. it really limited us because we at least needed like a phone for like maybe emergency, you know, we have kids. So that was very important to us. So we didn't make it up there. But eventually, Sprint became T-Mobile, right? So mm-hmm. we have T-Mobile on our phones and our hotspot or no, we switched to an AT&T hotspot that was unlimited. Gotcha. But who knows for sure? We we tested <laughs> it. It was becoming pretty unlimited. I don't know. But we ended up using that, which helped. But that was towards the end of our kind of travels. We're kind of more hybrid now. So it was working a lot better, but not perfect. So what you have just, it sounds awesome. Yeah, we're no longer insecure about that component of our travel. Like there are other things we have to consider, but but it is not that anymore. And 
And we loved, we loved that Idaho. Man, that's one of the oh, most surprising beautiful. places. Oh, I was just Sawtooth Mountains. Did you do that at all? Yes, we did there? that. Oh we went out, out in that area. We spent some time mm-hmm. outside of some of the hot springs, like a uh, lot of hot springs area. Yes. That's so cool. Yes. So uh, we went all the way up to the Idaho sand dunes and we ran around there for a while. What? Oh, it's oh amazing. St. Anthony sand dunes in Idaho. I, oh. I didn't even know they were there. They're gorgeous. I don't and so know. Much fun. Yeah, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we love that. But as you mentioned on the tight spaces, I suspect if we went too far east, it might be a little more challenging for us. It'd in this be big very challenging. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to be even, gosh, even the campgrounds, they would be too tight. You'd have to find some RV parks, hopefully. Yeah, agreed. Sure yeah, we're, we're definitely limited mm-hmm. in that. However, we decided when yeah. we bought this rig, because mm-hmm. we have the Can-Am, right, we don't need to be like yeah. in the places necessarily, like no. from a national park. No. We just need to be close and then we can either can... explore in the truck or in the Can-Am, depending on Perfect. you know what it is we want to do. So maybe would you stay in this rig forever? Would you change sizes? Maybe you'd, you know. Oh, you know, my... just, I don't know. <laughs> my husband's already talking about like, you know, moving to a scenario that is perhaps a, a, a diesel pusher with a Jeep on the mm-hmm. back instead of the Can-Am kind of thing, just based okay. on us okay. loading and unloading it all the time. My father has a, he travels nomadically as well in a, uh, uh, one of the Revels, the one B- of the last four by four Revels. Oh, it's oh, so nice. nice. And so I look at that and I go, maybe at some mm-hmm. point we'll get like a little thing like that to, you know, take some mm-hmm. quick trips or we'll borrow his yeah. and be like, Hey, we're going to go over here for a little bit kind of thing and right. just swap houses right. a little bit. So, so yeah, I definitely can see the advantage of a smaller, of a smaller thing for some areas to explore for sure. Right. Just depends on what you want to do, what your priorities yeah. are. It's so funny. Cause we always had talked about like, we knew there would be a point, which is starting right now that our, our adult mm-hmm. children, as they became adults would scatter across the country. And we knew that right. our retirement looked like, chasing them right Traveling, to go see Tracy. future grandbabies mm-hmm. you know going to oh, you know visit so them fun, in though. their yeah. areas like mm-hmm. we always knew that was it and then you know when when we got the opportunity to really be quite untethered we were like why would we wait we're healthy we can do this now and really enjoy it versus waiting so yep. that was kind of our thing mm-hmm. like why are we going to wait let's go now let's do it go now while you're healthy and you can do it why not Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So, so yeah, so we'll see what the future holds, but we're not going to stop traveling anytime soon. Uh, we've awesome. got some sites on some other big projects from a Go Roam brand perspective. So we'll, we'll keep nice. you updated on those as yeah, they come we'll look out. Forward but to hearing about that for yeah, sure. We want to do some excursions and some other fun oh, things. So you should, you definitely I think should. it'll be great. <laughs> it will be great. All right. So you've created this awesome thing. Very impressed with this. Now, what tips in general would you give RVers to just improve their connectivity, you know, general wise? Any, any oh, just yeah. general tips? I have a few of them, actually. Okay. So there's, um, there's a few things that you can do to reduce your data usage and your requirements while you're traveling. I mean, so I'm going to start with the first one, which we already talked about, which was have a plan B or a plan mm-hmm. C, or a plan D, like as you're <laughs> traveling, when we when we didn't have all of this tech to support us, we made sure we were in a, you know, close to a city, close to a highway, you know, like mm-hmm. all the things you do to make sure you've got some signal check, you know, the apps to see if they've got signal or not, that kind of thing, follow that, you know, that will be mm-hmm. helpful. Uh, and then have a plan B, which is, for us, it was get in the truck and drive until we get signal and then do the things there. We held a lot of meetings in the truck yeah. <laughs> before we had all yep. this stuff together. And I then, bet. like I said, 
we actually worked from that city park in Kanab, Utah, which is a beautiful area to explore oh, as well. Yes, it is. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, do you just, you got to be flexible. You got to learn to be flexible, 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 right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. Number two is there's some things you can do to reduce your data usage, like changing your streaming preferences. If you do like mm. to watch TV in the evening on Netflix yeah. or whatever, you can change the way that those um, actually get, you know, like how much they're using. Right. So that's a big deal. You can definitely reduce those, change that for sure. You can go into Google Chrome and change the sync on there. So it's not constantly trying to tie your computer Mm -hmm. usage to your phone Mm -hmm. usage. Um, Every browser has that kind of thing now, right? Where you can go in and turn that off. So I definitely have that in my list of things we do. And then I think the other thing is just to understand that video can take, especially on a Zoom meeting, is going to use about, you know, a gig an hour if you're doing a multi-party thing. So understand how Mm -hmm. much it's using Mm -hmm. and do things without video if it's possible, right? Right. Um, Voice only Mm -hmm. is good. If you can use just your cell phone, then use just your cell phone. Anytime Mm -hmm. you are going to use the internet to promote a phone call or a video call, that is going to use the highest bandwidth and be your biggest frustration, (laughs) <laughs> if you don't have yeah. the good stuff, because it's not going to work great. It's going to be full of those. Can you hear me? Am I, you know, oh, you're going to get stuck yes. in like the worst derp face of your life. <laughs> I've had people send me photos back in the uh-huh. day of when I like froze on a meeting and I'm like, oh man, oh, that's yeah, not those a good are look, funny. you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those are a few of the tips to kind of reduce that usage. And then, you know, really be cognizant of who the best provider mm-hmm. is where you're at, right? The reason we have right. all those different providers is because we really never know who's going to work right. Like Verizon has a great signal in the Southwest area. However, they don't allow their, um, I was actually just talking to a Verizon engineer uh, who Mm -hmm. who creates the locations for the towers and they won't go far enough South for their connectivity to bleed across the border. So AT&T is the only provider that works if you're close to the American Mexican border. Right. So you just have to, you have to be cognizant of what providers work best. The former Sprint stuff that's now T-Mobile is still on Mm -hmm. the Sprint infrastructure. So even though your bill says T-Mobile, it's not the T-Mobile stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the only other thing I would say is that don't, I wouldn't rush out to buy a bunch of 5G stuff yet. Yeah, I was going to say with the 5G stuff, that's just kind of marketing stuff, right? Like, Yeah. yeah. So the thing is, the definition of 5G is like about how much throughput you can create. So you can create that same 5G experience with different technology. So I wouldn't buy anything specifically for its 5G ability because the infrastructure in the country cannot support that across the land. Okay, it's just not there yet. It's going to be another Mm -hmm. five, 10 years before 5G is available everywhere. If you're going to buy a new device anyway, I I wouldn't like not buy it because it's 5G ready. Like definitely get that included, but don't buy it because of the 5G is what I'm saying. Okay. So yeah, because there's a lot of work to be done on the copper wires and the actual infrastructure of the cell towers and the bands that they operate on. That's another thing. Okay. Let me, Mm, let me mention this as well. Yeah. Go over that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the reason that we carry the different providers and we use that rooftop antenna and our specific gear is Mm -hmm. that they all push on different bands. So your cell Mm -hmm. phone only picks up a certain band of signal right? But our gear picks up like 40 different bands. And AT&T's band is different than Verizon's band is different than T-Mobile's band. So I want to make sure that we can pick up and use the signal broadcasted on every band versus Mm -hmm. just the one that my cell phone can be connected with. Does that make sense? 
Yes. yes. Okay. Because that's the that's mm-hmm. the reason they buy each other, by the way. That's the reason mm-hmm. T Mobile, you know, bought like Sprint, Sprint and, yeah. because mm-hmm. Sprint owned the transmission bands that allowed them to now access more clients and more locations. Right. Yeah. Wow. So there's that. <laughs> I try not to so get too that. nerdy, but sometimes, you know. <laughs> no, this is great. This is <laughs> yeah. awesome. So the band that you do, it matters. And if you happen to be a uh, first responder in any scenario, we also have the ability to connect you straight to FirstNet. So. Wow. Are they like on their own band? Or mm-hmm. Like how? Yeah, yep. that's awesome. Yep. They, wow. they broadcast on their own band and our equipment receives FirstNet, all of it. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. This is awesome. All this technology. Gosh, it's just been there, but gosh, you've just brought it all together. You've optimized it for the nomads, the digital nomads. So this is really a great value that you're adding, you know, to make you stand out. It's just brilliant. Okay. Very niche oriented. This is awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I am really glad you joined us today. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. How can people get in touch with you? How do they get more info if they want to get on board with you? You bet. So the best way is to go to our website, which is gorome.tech. So www.gorome.tech. You can email us, which is info at gorome.tech. Our number's there. You can see the packages. You can submit a form for questions. You can join our community for exclusive discounts where we've got some cool stuff coming up. So that's really the best way Mm -hmm. to get in touch with us. Also on all of the socials, we've got a YouTube channel, which gives you a lot of our off-roading exploits, which is fun to watch. Awesome. Um, in addition to Facebook and uh, Instagram, and I'm not doing a TikTok yet, but we're working on it. So you can find us oh, on all wow. the socials too, and kind of follow our <laughs> adventures, which is is uh, silly sometimes, too. but you fun. Get to see the yeah. personal side, which exactly, is nice. yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. You get to see how we use the tech. <laughs> well, that's important. You need to see it in action and someone who practices what they preach, you know, yeah. and what they produce, and that that says a lot right there. So. Yeah. Absolutely. The website has some blog posts about things too that might be helpful. So just check us out at gorome.tech. And I think you'll find awesome. a lot of info there. If you still have questions, just reach out via the form online or send me an email. I'd love yeah. it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I'll put all these links in the show notes. And so thank you, Jess, for taking the time to speak with us about this connectivity and uh, what you do. And if you guys all out there have more questions about this, like she said, just give her a contact, reach out to her. And uh, yeah. Thank you, Jess, for making the dream come alive here and more accessible for all of us. You're so welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jess and were able to take something away from the conversation to help you better navigate what you need for connectivity on the road. And I hope you'll go and check out her site and get in contact with her. She really has it all figured out and is ready to help you make remote working from your RV a reality. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear from you wherever you listen to this podcast or on the RV Entrepreneur Facebook page. Take care and I'll see you next month on the podcast.